It's not about politics, it's about football. This is a simple game. We're going to run the ball, and we're going to pass the ball. He's just going to play football, really. How good of a football player are you? I just get in and try to spin it. That's all. I just love the game. It really is the best time of the year. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Issues Football. Trevor Sikkim and Mike Brenner here with you on a Wednesday morning, which means it's mock draft time. We're talking mock drafts. We're talking draft season. So we're doing in the middle of the week every week here on this show. I'm excited for this one, Mike. We are reviewing the one and only Todd McShay's mm. first first-round mock draft of the season. We've put out our own. we put out some rankings. We did put out some mock drafts. But it's always good to uh, pick the brain of somebody who's very plugged in in the industry. And Todd McShay definitely is that. So I'm excited for this one. As you say, there's nothing I love more than providing commentary on other media because it's so easy. I don't have to do the work. Todd did the work. <laughs> I just have to give my opinion on it. How great! How great is that? That's true. It's yeah. true. You know, but I, look, we okay. To be fair, we put in the work to at least know the prospects enough okay. to talk yeah. about it. Yeah. But I don't have to write three thousand words. I do. You don't have to write three thousand words, which is nice. And I again, like I just really love keeping tabs with what other people in the industry yes. believe. This is a really good time of the year for that. We've got our opinions on guys, but as the regular season has come to a close. It's it's almost like information gathering season as much as it is tape watching season. Mm-hmm. We get to figure out, hey. These guys, they're very plugged into the NFL. Who are they here that could be going into first rounds a little bit higher than we think? That's the thing. It's we've watched all these guys who are in the first round conversation, top 50 to 100 guys. We've watched their tape already. We have opinions. It's not, you know, you're not surprising me. You're not throwing a name out here that I haven't heard of, seen, watched. So it's not surprising. So I do have a pretty strong take, I'll say, at the moment in time now, obviously, that can change whether it's through senior bowl, through athletic testing, whatnot, as the process goes on. But Obviously, good a good early indication because we're not playing any more football. A lot of these guys, That's vast true. majority of these guys, are done. Yeah, basically, unless you are playing for the college football playoff, mm-hmm. you're, you're probably you're not even going to play in whatever bowl game yeah. it is. Like even some of the New Year's Six bowls or some of the biggest bowl games, it just feels like most prospects aren't going to play in the bowls. It's more advantageous for them to opt out, make sure that they're ready for whatever it is—the Senior Bowl, the Combine, the next time that they've got to show off their stuff. So uh, draft season is a long process, and you definitely want to get ahead of it. So it's definitely a good point of the year to take a look at the tape as it stands today. No more games being played by a lot of these guys, but just understand where their stock is. It's a full mock draft day here on this show, so we're going to spend most of the time reviewing who Todd McShay has in his first-round mock draft over at ESPN.com. If you guys don't have a subscription, you should absolutely go and read that and uh, sign up for one of those. But we're also, afterwards, going to give our take three guys each that were not in Todd's first-round mock that we think could be first-rounders when it's all said and done. Guys that we liked that didn't yeah. quite make the list. So we're going to be doing that as well. Time to get the production portal guys into the show. Sav's not here today. He's not taking the day off, but he's not here today. So we got Eli, uh, we've got uh, we got Quinn, and we've got Ethan sitting in Sav's chair. Actually, Quinn, you're sitting in Sav's chair. You're keeping it warm for him. How's, sure how's, the, how's the weather over there in that other seat? It's great, man. There's a lot of people in the chat that uh, said that they don't like me switching spots. Also, I do have to address something in the chat. Yes. The random player thing, we need to get more random. Like, I saw Navarro Bowman. Mm. I saw Todd Heap. Like, those That's not. Those guys aren't random. Like, those are Pro Bowl players. That's yeah. true. I would yeah. consider them, in their heyday, stars. So let's try to get a little more on the randomness side. Yeah. Does Chris Hovan count? 
Can I say oh, Chris Hovind? Yeah, because I don't even know who that is. <laughs> okay, all right. Bucks legend. Bucks. Yeah. I used to hate Chris Hovind Bucks, when we played the Packers. Buccaneers legend, baby. Chris Hovind. So, all right, we got to get more random. Quinn's calling out the chat. We need to get more random. I'm not, I'm not calling him out. Plays. I'm making a suggestion. I just, it's uh, not just the chat. I see it on Twitter a lot, too. Sounds like he was calling him out. Sounds yeah. like he was calling him out. Uh, Quinn, do we have a question of the day to get us kicked off here? Yeah, we sure do. What do we got? How many active NFL quarterbacks have at least one Super Bowl appearance? Maybe a couple of those guys are facing off this weekend. Mm. All right. How many active quarterbacks have Super Bowl appearances? All right. I need, I need to start writing these down because I always – we say them, and then I always, like, my mind wanders during the show because I don't – Patrick Mahomes. We'll go one. We'll go Tom Brady. Wow, you put Mahomes above Brady? Sorry. You put Mahomes first? Aaron Rodgers. I'm so insulted. We'll go Joe Flacco. Okay. Go. Um, Joe Flacco is Flacco. four? Jimmy – Himmy G. Himmy G, yep. We have Joe Burrow. Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford, that's yep. last year. That's very recent. We have... Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan. There you go. That's he's a good one. A, he's uh, fact active. Nick Foles. Is Nick, he, Nick, is he yeah, active? Yeah, he's a... I believe. Uh, he might not be active the, every game day, but Foles. he's on a roster. Okay. He's on an NFL roster. Nick Foles. Um, what else we got? I'm trying to think of recent Super Bowls. He's one Super Bowl appearance. Hmm. So we are up to. Meta said, I don't know, up six. To nine. I mean, that's actually a great way to go about this. We're up to nine. So it's at least six. Nine. Gosh, there has to be a lot more that we're just. You got Russ in there? Russell Wilson. Did not have him. Mm. We now do. Need to have him. Had to have him. Who else we got? Um, Jets no, Bills no. Well, Jets at Flacco. No, I meant, they, they, I meant yeah. like making an appearance. Super Bowl. Okay, gotcha. uh, Dolphins, no. Mm. Rams, no. Goff? Jared oh, Goff. Goff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There we go. Jerry Goff. So, what are we at, 11? We were at 11. I, prob- I probably would have guessed. I probably would have guessed 11. Okay. Somewhere. I, it would have been 10, 11, 12, and I probably would have split the difference. I feel like probably would have said 11. One more in there. It's got to be like one more. And we're just blanking on Is there a tricky one? Like, is there. A tough one. No, I mean, no. Like, all of these, the, the hint that I will give you guys is all of these dudes, like, actually played in the Super Bowl, right? Like, okay. no, uh, Nick, there's no, no Josh Lines. Johnsons. There's no mm. Chase Daniels that, okay. like, sat there and held a clipboard. Like, these are all okay. Okay. Cam real cool. not in the league. If that helps. Yeah, Cam's not in the league. Super Bowl Who else we got? You can basically eliminate the AFC by just putting Brady and then knowing that Peyton retired and Ben Roethlisberger retired because it felt like it was just those three teams. That's it for 20 straight years. And then Mahomes took over and Mahomes kind of put the clamps. 11's a solid guess. I might guess 12 just in case we miss somebody, but I think 11's a solid guess. We got Foles on there. David, we got Jimmy G on there. Mm Mm-hmm. Damon said Matt Ryan. I said Matt Ryan. Yeah. We got Matt Ryan in there. We got there. Matt Ryan on there. We're, we're at 11 with all of that. Yep, 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 yep. This is a good one. We might, we might actually have this one. The chat saying, do not forget about Jared Goff. We did? We got is there to. anyone else? That, okay, I think 11. I, I think feel that's good. it. I think we might have this one. Yeah. We might have this one Fingers on crossed. the dot. We'll get the final answer at the end of the show, but I, I, I think 11 is actually a pretty solid guess. Mm-hmm. So we're going. Uh, I think we're going to end up going with 11. All right, let's get into the mock draft here. It's a Wednesday, which means we're focusing on the NFL draft, the 2023 NFL draft. We do a lot of mock drafts here on this show. Mike and I will come up with our own mock drafts. We do a lot of prospect um, rankings as well. But like we said at the top, it's always cool for us to look 
around the industry and see what other people are thinking as well because that's the fun part about the draft. It's a big-time conversation. Todd McShay, he's been a pillar of the draft industry for two decades now. And so anytime he puts out some content, it's got to be must-read stuff. We're going to be taking uh, his first-round mock draft that he put out this week. We're going to be looking at the player and team connections that he has in the current NFL draft order. If you guys don't have an ESPN Plus subscription, go do that, read it. He puts a a lot of great analysis into his picks as well. So we're just going to be reviewing the player team matchups make sure you guys sign up for that and, and go read all of his uh, good insight as to why he put those players there as well mike you can i tell can i tell a quick todd mcshay story it's just a small one but it's a funny one you have a funny-ish story okay so i'm a little nervous when Todd mcshay was just coming up uh maybe this is probably like 08 09 he'd probably been at espn for maybe like two three years wasn't wasn't todd was McShay's a longer than that but i hear i hear you so he, he, had, he was kind of just coming up okay my brother was apparently down in Orlando out one night on like a Saturday night and he's walking across walking on one side of the street with his buddy and on the other side of the street is a guy standing there and it's Todd McShay and Al says to his buddy like just like out loud hey is that Todd McShay and he hears from across the street Todd say hey what's up fellas like (laughs) obviously looking for someone to be like was that Todd? Did they go and hang out it. with him? And then they came over and he got a picture with Todd McShay. Wow. So Todd was a great See, guy. That's cool. All right, I know. all right, all right. That's exactly how I would be. You made me a little nervous. I didn't know what kind of story you were going to no. tell, but uh, that's actually cool. Look, yeah. if, if I, I was just coming up with tech, if somebody did that for me, yeah. you know. If oh, some, I do that now. Right. If somebody <laughs> across the street was like, is that Trevor Sikama? Or as the chat says, is that Lever Lickama? I'd be like, yo, what's up? Yeah. I do the same thing. And I yeah. go hang out with him and then I go take a picture. I don't know. Maybe maybe you could turn it into a. Night that you never forget. I don't know, just hanging out with Todd McShay. Who knows? But uh, let's get into this. Uh, let's get into this first round mock draft. Um, the number one overall pick. Mm-hmm. Not really a surprise. Bryce Young of Alabama. Yeah, it's Bryce Young of Alabama. We'll, we'll put it up in increments of eight so you guys can see it, and then we will break all these things down. Eli is going to be monitoring the chat a lot for me. He's going to be in my ear. So let us know as you kind of see these things come across the board as we have these conversations about some of these players. Let us know what picks you like, what picks you don't different players that you think you go to different teams. We'd love to have as many conversations as we can. That's the point of mock drafts. So number one, it's Bryce Young. Mike, are we getting any closer to either Will Anderson or Jalen Carter taking that number one spot? Or is this just the way it needs to be? No, you're the Texans. That'd be insane. It'd just be insane. You got to go. It's just the way of the world. Um, The position value is too much. It's too much. Two is Jalen Carter. It's not Will Anderson. Here we go. Now, how do we feel about Here's that? Here's the buzz. It's it starting. This is the discussion. It's starting because tr- fact of life, his tape is better this year. Jalen Carter's tape is better than Will Anderson's. Fact this of year. life. I like how you it's said just, that. I mean, it is. You go flip on the tape. Jalen Carter, the last you know five six games of the season after he came back from that early season, I believe it was an ankle injury that was kind of hampering him. Um, you know, he played through it a little bit, then took some time off and came back and was just a house on fire. And you're going to see it against this Ohio State offensive line in the playoff. Really cannot wait to see those matchups because Ohio State has some good prospects there in the middle and on the edge of their offensive line. But no one's blocked Jalen Carter the second half of the season. Just completely maybe complete difference maker. He's going to be one of the better DT prospects in the last decade. And Will Anderson, great edge rusher prospect for sure. Mm. But it's just... Jalen Carter's on a different level right now. Yeah, it's just hard to ignore how dominant Jalen Carter's tape has been so far this season. I just went back and, and watched um, four games of Will front to front to back, start to finish, and uh, 
he's a damn good prospect. He really is. But I haven't gotten to Carter yet. But I just, from the moments that I've seen of Carter that have stuck out for me, just watching live and a little bit of the tape that I've been able to catch throughout the season, he's got the higher moments. Yeah. And I think that there's going to be a good amount of teams that fall for that stuff. Not that Will hasn't had it in his career. He certainly has. There wasn't as much this year as there was last year. And Jalen Carter's now two years in a row where you looked at that Georgia defensive line last year. Future number one overall pick in Trayvon Walker, Jordan Davis, right? And everybody said that Jalen Carter was the best of them. Now you got the chance to pick him. Makes sense that he's going to go number two overall. Now, I'm curious what you think about the Seattle Seahawks spot at number two. I was having this conversation on um, my podcast, NFL Stock Exchange with Connor Rogers. Would that number two overall pick be something that the Seattle Seahawks would think about moving? Because they're not taking a quarterback. We know there's teams that are always going to be very desperate for quarterbacks, mm-hmm. especially in the back end of that top 10. If you're Seattle, specifically, how much you nailed this draft class last year, just absolutely from the beginning of it all the way through, you nailed it. Mm-hmm. Does that give you faith to say, hey, what if we move back a little bit, get some first-round assets next year? And also still have probably a top 10 pick and, and, and do our best with our scouting staff. Obviously, I think that would be ideal, but I'm not sure you really want to get out of the range of Will Anderson, Jalen Carter. To me, they are in a tier by themselves of the non-quarterbacks in this draft class. After that, you're just putting a lot more uncertainty into what this guy's going to be in terms of the prospects that are after those guys, whether it's along the defensive line, offensive line, wherever. But So right now, as the draft door stands, they're number two. Someone like Detroit at number four, obviously could be QB needy. Colts at number seven, mm. very much QB needy. Right, Carolina right. Panthers at number nine, all QB needy. I think there may be some jockeying between those three teams of who wants to make that play to go get that guy because I definitely don't think, even as much as maybe people are poo-pooing on this QB class after Bryce Young, I don't think QB2 is making it to – Number nine overall at Carolina Panthers. No, no way. It's just not going to happen. No way. No way. It's not going to happen. And and even for as low as some people might be on Will Levis, it certainly seems like Levis' stock is at the point where we're at least getting two quarterbacks in the top ten. Right? I mean, like, we're at least getting Will Levis Mm -hmm. and Bryce Young in the top ten. That's just the way that it feels right now. C.J. Stroud, we'll see whether C.J. Stroud ends up a top ten pick overall, but... Um, yeah, I, that, that's why I just think that this order, specifically the way that it stands this week, it's like if the draft were to have this final order, you mentioned it. Indy, um, Atlanta, potentially, yeah, Carolina, Las Vegas, potentially. Like Those teams are all prime right there to maybe move up. So I wanted to see – I basically just wanted to kind of pick your brain there and think, is Seattle better suited to take one of Will Anderson and Jalen Carter, or do you like – the temptation to move it down a little bit. But you're saying Jalen Carter or Will Anderson? Yeah. I, I, okay. I, I do think that it also could look like, you know, the 2020 draft, where we go back to that one, you had Joe Burrow come off the board first, and people were saying, oh, you know, is someone going to trade up? Someone going to trade up for Herbert or Tua, mm-hmm. whatever, two and three. It, it kind of just came chalky then after that because Jeffrey Okuda was seen as such a good prospect, because Chase Young was seen as such a good prospect. Those teams right. were, gonna, were asking for the farm to move out of those picks. Somebody in the chat, I can't remember who it was, was like, all right, number one, okay, number two, okay, number three, okay, number four, okay, number five. Whoa. Bijan Robinson going number five overall. I'm not going to lie. This is the highest that I've seen Bijan Robinson go in a mock draft so far. That's insane. That's insane. 
Can I say that Bijan Robinson going number five overall would be insane, and especially the Philadelphia Eagles. And I know it's one of those situations where um, we're kind of like the Cowboys when they drafted Zeke, where it's like, you know, we have everything else kind of figured out. And they do. They, they have this roster is the most complete roster in the NFL probably right now. Mm-hmm. That does not mean that the number five overall pick should be going towards right now. And, and especially, and I think Howie Roseman understands this, especially in this draft class, where Bijan Robinson is exceptional. But you know who's also exceptional? Blake Quorum. Who was also exceptional? Jameer Gibbs. Th- those guys could be on the right. board when you're picking in the second round. Or even if you want to use a pick on a running back, use it, your other first-round pick. You got one at the back end of the first round where a guy could be there if you're desperate to do so. I, I think you're just probably – it's a short-term move. When you have a top-five pick, it should always be a long-term decision. Always. Yeah. It's, it's hard for me to look at Philadelphia's situation, especially for how this team built their current yeah. status and think that they would spend uh, the number five overall pick on a running back. I, I think this is more of a shout-out just for how talented B. John Robinson is. And I certainly see the shout-out, and I agree. I mean, B. John's fantastic. If you're looking for a running back, he's about as good as it gets, yes. right? And so I think that this is just kind of a nod to – Bijan Robinson stock overall, but if you're the Eagles, I mean, you got to look at I think offensive line or defensive line. Like, like you have this luxury of a top five pick, go for one of those positions that really matter. Like Lane Johnson's still playing fantastic, but he's still getting up there in age, right? Imagine if you got yourself Peter Skaronsky as well, right? If if Jason Kelsey ends up retiring, maybe you move Landon Dickerson back to center. Okay, well now you got Peter Skaronsky to play at guard or whatever happens with uh, with Lane Johnson in, in a year or two as well, with him potentially retiring whenever he wants to hang it up. Like, that, to me, is much more worth it. Or, you know, picking a pass rusher as well. That's just where my mind goes with Philadelphia's number five overall. Yeah, I'm thinking D-line. Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham. We've talked about how, how impressive it is that Brandon Graham's playing so well at his age. But it's because it's an outlier. It's because it may not still last. I think that's where I'm addressing all the Philadelphia Eagles, and I end up in the top five picks. I'm just going D-line. I'm trying to figure out any way to make opposing quarterbacks' lives miserable. Uh, Trevor Joseph, I like this comment in the chat. He said, Todd McShay looking at positional value like Dwayne The Rock Johnson. What about positional value? It doesn't matter what positional value is. He's just respected B. John Robinson, so, uh, so I like it there. Okay, let's move on from the top eight. Well, actually, you know, like, actually, I, I do want to hit on this. We got, we got Will Levis in the top six. He's going number six overall um, to the Atlanta Falcons mm-hmm. there. Now, Falcons, I thought we're picking. Yeah, he, he doesn't have the draft 10. order based off of. Oh, Monday record. Night Football. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, he we, just kind he, of. He finished it before Monday Night yeah. Football because that would have been the, the flip with the Arizona Cardinals. So he's got the Atlanta Falcons at number six, and he has them taking Will Levis. How do you feel about that a year after Desmond Ritter was their selection in the third round? You still like it? Yeah, it was just only because I didn't see last year's quarterback prospects as anything special. Sure. You know, I do think that the Falcons are in a unique position because the rest of the South right now is in shambles. The Saints and the Bucks are—they're not going to be contenders. They're just not after the season. They are in such a bad way from a cap perspective. Obviously, both could be grasping at straws. The quarterback position after this year as well, to where they have a path, a very easy path to control of this division for a while. Um, them and the Carolina Panthers. But I think it starts with locking down that quarterback position. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, the Falcons are a roster that's flawed at a number of places, and especially yeah. on the defensive line, which is but where kind of the strength of class is. But you do have to nail quarterback. Sure. And so if I'm the Falcons and someone like Levis is there, it's not writing off Ritter's talent and saying he can't be the guy, but it's just saying 
we have a unique opportunity, and we need to throw all the eggs in the quarterback basket to figure this out. Yeah. Uh, people are saying in the chat, reminding me that the Eagles actually have Cam Jurgens as well, which yeah. I totally forgot about, which you're correct. So, I mean, even offensive line, I think that they're already – um, stockpiled on offensive line. So if you're drafting Peter Skronsky, it's probably because you think um, Lane Johnson might be hanging it up soon, which he's playing fantastic still. So there's no reason to believe that's the case. But just wanted to amend that one there. Uh, all right, let's go next eight. Let's go, what is it, 9 through 16? That's how math works. So let's see mm-hmm. what the 9 through 16 is. I'm not sure what the order is. It starts off with the Pittsburgh Steelers taking Paris Johnson Jr. This feels like it's an easy pairing, right? Steelers need offensive line pretty badly. And so starting off with that one definitely makes sense. I like Arizona going Brian Brzee. Yes, let's applaud that one. (laughs) Cooler heads prevail in Arizona. But where I really want to start the conversation, and I want to hear from the chat as well, Carolina is at number 11 in this mock draft. Anthony Richardson, top 12 player. How do we feel, Mike? The more I watch this tape, the more you see it, right? You see that he's him. Well, the numbers, you know, the accuracy numbers aren't good, but I think it's more a product of just him being inconsistent and, you know, basically raw with his footwork and consistency in that regard. Like the arm on the move to targets is is accurate. Like his best throws are kind of when he doesn't even have his feet set, when he is, you know, kind of gliding to his left, gliding to his right, because he has such a golden arm and he is such a weapon with his mobility that I'm taking a chance on an athlete. You know, the, the way the NFL game is going, especially at the quarterback position in recent years, who are the guys that have won? It's the guys that just are athletes that, you know, they could have been quarterbacks or they could have been tight ends or they could have played baseball or they could have really done anything. And it's just getting those guys more reps, more reps, more reps. So maybe it's not a year one play. Maybe he's not going to start for you next season, but it's a swing of the bat that the dividends could pay off way more than the dividends could pay off for Michael Mayer, who's the 12th pick there. So, uh, I don't hate it. Uh, well, we're going to get to Michael Mayer in a second. Andrew says, if Will Levis is a top 10 pick based on athletic profile and ability, Anthony Richardson should be a top 3 pick overall. We have a few people in chat saying that they think Richardson over last season was better than uh, Levis. So uh, Tony's saying that? I've seen it a few times. Yeah, Tony's saying that. Will Levis over Anthony Richardson is crazy. Richardson has more potential and probably played better this year, too. Yeah, he definitely played better. and it's Richardson played better than Levis? Yeah, I, I think he did. Uh, Levis, obviously, you know, we could talk about why he didn't play well. He obviously had turf tail for the majority of the year. And if you watch that offense, it's, it's the same excuses that people are making for, like, Justin Herbert right now in that there's really no options for him. Um, so it's going to look better overnight. I do think he's more NFL-ready, Will Levis. And the things he does are much more NFL-ready is why he's getting this kind of hype is because he can operate an NFL offense. And sure, you can say the stats were bad, but it's like there's things he does from a pocket presence perspective um, that you're going to need to do that Anthony Richardson still is yet to iron out. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. What about your boy Michael Mayer going to the Houston Texans? So I, I would hate this pick fire the Texans. Quentin Quentin Johnston is on the board. Actually, every wide receiver is on the board. We have not had a wide receiver go off yet. And obviously, Michael Mayer is a receiving weapon, Mm -hmm. but you wouldn't be making this pick. You go wide receiver instead? Probably. Yeah, I love Michael Mayer. Don't get me wrong. He's just very, like I said, limited in the impact he can make. He's a slow-ish by, you know, high-end tight end standards in the NFL. Chain mover. Good inline blocker that, you know, you know what you're getting. He's one of the safer picks in the draft because of that. But then he's also one of the lower ceiling picks that's come off the board here because of that. So 
Um, but on the Texans, yeah, maybe you can do it, chalk up a W, but you just got Bryce Young. I say pair him with a guy that goes the next guy off the board, Quentin Johnson, mm-hmm. and try to create some magic the way, you know, Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase. Like, try to create that one-two punch that's going to lead you to a high-end offense for the next decade plus. That's what I'm trying to do if I'm the Houston Texans, just try to take that swing because you're so far behind. Like, one Michael Mayer is doing very little for you in the short term. Yeah. No, I, I, I would agree with that. And one pick later, the Jacksonville Jaguars getting Quinn Johnston. That would set up Christian Kirk, Calvin Ridley, Quinn Johnston. That'd be fun. That'd be very fun for the Jacksonville Jaguars for them to have uh, that kind of receiving core for Trevor Lawrence to throw to, especially with as confident as Trevor Lawrence is playing this season. So I like that a lot. Uh, last one I'll ask you about this uh, this group of prospects before we get to the chat. Green Bay Packers getting Miles Murphy at number 14. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll take it. Could deal with it. Oh, we'll take it. Yeah. yeah. I feel like he— Him, him and Sean Gary across from each other is a— I was going to say, duo. him is this just like big-bodied edge player. It feels like that's what Green Bay likes to do with their guys being so versatile. Like, you got to be mm-hmm. almost kind of like rare athletes, and it feels like Miles Murphy is with how athletic he is at his size. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it might take him a few years like it did with Sean Gary, but their, the track record of guys that are that freaky is better than— Track record of guys who aren't. Hmm. Walt says, don't see the Raiders drafting Tyree Wilson at number eight. Number eight is pretty high for Tyree Wilson. That's I think it's pretty high. He's a unique dude. But I know a lot of people really like Tyree Wilson. We'd love so to get him to learn from Chandler Jones, too. If Chandler Jones come back, may not, because obviously he's been playing meh for the contract he got. But mm-hmm. similarly tooled edge defenders, him and Chandler Jones, if you can learn from them, that would be ideal. Yeah, Quell, say, Quell is saying that uh, Quentin Johnson in the Jags room all of a sudden makes it full of dudes. Trevor Lawrence to throw the ball to. Ooh, Trevor Joseph says Bryce Young's most ideal pairing is actually Jordan Addison, not a Quinn Johnston. Yeah, I can see that. Separator. Yeah, I like that too. Just hitting some chat stuff. A lot of them agreed with you guys. They hated the Myers pick. Um, They did like the Murphy pick. They think that's a great pick, but they don't really think he will go. He won't fall. Um, I agree. Yeah, I, I think 14's a little low. I don't love Murphy as this top five pick that I've seen some people put him as. I mean, he's very similar to like a Trayvon Walker. He is. Right? He is. I, I just I just watched a lot of his regular season tape yesterday, and I'm like, they're gonna they're gonna treat this guy like Trayvon Walker. Yeah. Now Walker was a little bit bigger, a little mm-hmm. bit more athletic, right? And so I think that that just kind of takes him to a rare position but i don't know how many people would have been picking number one overall and would have been picking trayvon walker anyways so we sit here and we go oh trayvon walker went number one true how true. many non-trent bulky people are mm-hmm. taking trayvon number one i i don't think it's more than half the league so that's why i would say be careful when we get in those trayvon walker yeah. comparisons and you go well walker went number one overall i don't think Half mm-hmm. the teams in the NFL would have taken Walker at number one overall. Agreed. So that's just something to, to remember as we're kind of talking about that stuff too. So, all right, what's the next eight? What do we got? Uh, 17 through 24? Math, right? Math, mm-hmm. math, math. I think that's it. Um, number, who starts this one off? Draft order? Oh, the Jets. Osiris Torrance. Interesting. To the Jets? That, uh, that one doesn't quite. Well, top 10? Or top, top 20 for Osiris Torrance? And it doesn't quite. Uh, this is one of those where which it's did, like. Which one doesn't ju- line up? Osiris Torrance. The ju- they have Lake and Tomlinson. They have AVT. Oh, so you're just saying roster-wise. Not roster like stock-wise. For- yeah. 
Uh, now, points. maybe they want to move Elijah Vera Tucker to tackle. Uh, I could see that. I mean, I think he can play right tackle very well mm-hmm. uh, and didn't a pinch. So maybe that's in your long-term plans. But Osiris Torrance is firmly a guard. He's not playing anywhere else. Lake Tomlinson, firmly a guard. So if you are drafting Osiris Torrance, he's either a backup or you're playing Elijah Vera Tucker tackle coming off injury. So I guess I don't hate it. I guess just from the Jets, I'm probably looking maybe elsewhere. But good I mean, player. Damn good player. All right. I, I'm, I'm, I'm a fan of getting your best five out there, you know. I didn't really mm-hmm. think about this, so this is kind of right off the top of my head seeing Osiris Torrance to, uh, to the New York Jets. I haven't really thought about the Jets investing in interior offensive line. I don't hate the fact that you can kick Elijah Vera Tucker out to tackle, depending on what happens with Mekhi Becton. So maybe that is something. <laughs> Are the Jets going to think that they're going to get burned again by another like supersized offensive lineman with health? I don't think they. I mean, it's not like Torrance has been hurt. It's not like he's been yeah. beat up. But I wonder if the Jets are going to feel a little scorned about it. Three forty-seven, Osiris Torrance, three sixty plus, Mackay back down. Those are big boys on the left side. Um, the next pick, though, Seattle, another one where Brian Branch. I guess you could just keep him as a slot, but you got two safeties and Jamal Adams and Quandre Diggs going back to the safety well. Not sure I'd go there. Yeah. I'd probably just keep hammering D-line if I'm the Seattle Seahawks at this point. Branch would play slot. Or if Keely Ringo's on the board, I'm going Keely Ringo. Yeah, Ringo's Ringo's a 21. This is the lowest that I've seen Ringo. Mm -hmm. This is the lowest that I've seen Ringo here. And again, like I want to reiterate to everybody, it's one mock draft and it's McShay's first mock draft that he's doing here. So mocks are going to be a little bit all over the place. You're trying to find fits for certain teams, what they're going to need. You're trying to line things up a little bit. So Ringo, in all likelihood, probably going a little bit higher here than the number 21 overall. But, uh, shoot, Washington would love him. <laughs> they need a good corner. So yeah. like, same thing with Christian Gonzalez. Corner going to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I don't know if. What's their plan? What are they going to do with Jamel Dean, Sean Murphy Bunting this offseason? Sean Murphy Bunting's probably gone. Um, Jamel Dean's playing really well. So I would find it hard to believe that they're just going to let Dean walk. They just signed Carlton Davis last year to a long-term contract. So for as much as – I think think this pick's more of like in theory they could lose Jamel Dean, and if they do lose Jamel Dean, Mm -hmm. then you're getting a first-round corner on a rookie contract could potentially help with salary cap stuff. So I do get that logic of it. That part makes sense if they lose Dean. I'm just not so sure they're going to lose Dean. Mm -hmm. So – I think they probably look a different direction. I wonder if the Bucks are going to be one of the teams that are in the back half of the first round that might get aggressive to go get up for one of those quarterbacks, Richardson. depending on what happens, yeah. right? Jason Light's somebody who doesn't typically trade super far up, especially at the top of the draft, because he knows that costs a lot of draft picks. And Jason Light um, came up the ladder through the draft. He loves the draft. He doesn't like trading away picks. Mm-hmm. He likes to make them. He likes the whole scouting process. But it might call for it this year. So the Bucks are a sneaky team, depending on what happens with Tom Brady, uh, for a team that might be moving way up the board. Yeah, so. it seems like a lot of chat is split on the Bucks. A lot of people said they need quarterback. People say they need everything. A lot of people are saying tank for next year. So the Bucks are, are one where I think everybody is all over the board. Caleb Williams, you are a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. Yeah. He's going to be a... Los Angeles Ram. The last one, don't do that to me. The The last one I'll say about this eight is um, Denver Broncos, Jameer Gibbs. Now, obviously, the run game is tough I guess they're for Denver right now. Yeah. But Javante hopefully coming back, back next year. 
if you add Jameer Gibbs to that as well, ain't no excuses in the backfield at all whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Those two, I mean, like, that is a smash and dash for the ages in the NFL, it feels like. But to spend a first-round pick on it feels a little bit rich. Uh, I, I tend to agree, especially with this Broncos roster. Um, the other ones I find interesting here, though, Jackson Smith and Jigba, Ohio State wide receiver going to Tennessee mm-hmm. Titans. Mm-hmm. Now, maybe I'm just higher on Cal Phillips. But, I, you know, Cal Phillips himself has had hamstring issues this mm-hmm. season while he's been on IR. But they're the same wide receiver or same type of wide receiver. You're not really getting complementary skill sets there. So if you're Jackson, drafting Jackson Smith and Jigba, you're kind of cutting off Cal Phillips' path to the football field when he was encouraging in preseason week one before he did, obviously, start having hamstring issues. You know, we're, we're picking and choosing ones that we might change because it's good conversations. But I will say New York Giants getting themselves Jordan Addison. Slam dunk. That's big. That is truly a Dwayne Wade over the shoulder to LeBron James slam dunk. I agree with you. That is a huge pick for them to make. That is a number one need. If you ask me for the New York Giants, you have to get a wide receiver that you can go to at different points of uh, of drives, of games, of everything. you got to get a guy in the passing game that you can lean on. So Jordan Addison, love that pick there for them. And I think the Cam Smith pick at 23 to the Chargers is very interesting, right? You sign J.C. Jackson. Sure, you'd like for him to play better when he comes back next year from injury. But will he? Mm. Can you take that chance? You get a guy like Cam Smith in there, all of a sudden, cornerback room could look good, even without J.C. Jackson playing well. And then if J.C. Jackson comes back to play well, then you got him, you got Asante Samuel Jr., you got Cam Smith. That's a really good unit. A lot of people from chat were saying Cam Smith is a steal, but then there were a huge number of people in chat that's saying that they need weapons for the Chargers. But it looks like some of the top receivers are off the board at this point. Right, right. And I would would agree with that exact assessment of kind of where we are in the mock draft there. Uh, Last eight. Last eight for this mock draft. Start things off with the Baltimore Ravens at number 25, going cornerback Clark Phillips. I know a lot of people love Clark Phillips, and then right after that, Cincinnati Bengals getting Devon Witherspoon. So we're going back-to-back cornerbacks there. Got thoughts on either of those guys? Uh, I do think it fits both their strategies, right? The Ravens have always, or not always, I guess past half decade, been very willing to invest in their secondary, even if you know the path to the field for Clark Phillips right now, it would seem there is none. And they drafted... You know, Kyle Hamilton with the same thing in mind. Like, there really wasn't a path to the football field. He wasn't starting early on the season. Now, obviously, filled in as their slot corner and been fantastic there. So, if you're drafting Clark, Clark Phillips, you may not see the field year one, but the Baltimore Ravens are completely happy to do that because they know depth is the key in secondary. Same with Cincinnati Bengals in their draft last year. Go safety first round or a guy who can play slot, but also is a safety in Daxon Hill. Second round, Cam Taylor Britt. Knowing that, we're going to be around for a while. We're, we're going to be contenders in the AFC for a while here with Joe Burrow. How do you go through a gauntlet that's going to feature Josh Allen, maybe Justin Herbert, maybe Patrick Mahomes for the next decade? Have a good-ass secondary. Mm. And so will not, I will not complain about any team in the AFC loading up on guys in their defensive back seven because you're going to have to have it. You just have to have it to run through the AFC playoffs nowadays. It's, uh, it's an acronym, folks. Gas. Be all about gas. Good-ass secondary. Yes. I have gas right now. Come on. Don't Walt loves that pick for the Bengals. He said, that's my boy from U of I. Dude, He's Devon dark. Witherspoon's awesome. And back-to-back years where you get Dax Hill and you get Devon Witherspoon, those are two really nice secondary pieces. A lot of good, a lot of, a lot of talent in those two dudes moving forward for the Cincinnati Bengals. I agree with you completely. When you know you're going to be in shootouts, mm-hmm. go get corners that can line up against teams that are going to go three wide receiver, four wide receiver deep. And so love that. Completely agree with you there. The steal of this draft, the steal of this mock draft, without question. I know where you're going. Is pick number 30. Yep. Without question. 
Jared Verse is the man. I just ended up watching a lot of Jared Verse last night as I'm kind of going through and um, finishing up a lot of regular season edge rush ranking stuff, updating a lot of my notes. I love Jared Verse, man. Jared Verse might end up as a top 10 player overall for me. I, I think that he's fantastic. I think he brings it all. They use him as a, as a two-point and three-point rusher. I like him a lot more when he's got his hand in the dirt because when he does, that Explosive. power that he gets off the ball with is so imposing. Mm-hmm. So imposing. Um, dealt with a knee injury in the middle of the season. I think it's something that bothered him. He was wearing a brace most of the season uh, after that, and I think it's something that really bothered him more than they were letting on as the year went on because you could kind of see it um, really not, not so much the second the ball was snapped, but you know that motor of him continuing to work and being able to work. He didn't have that as much as he did at the very beginning of the year, which kind of tells me that he might have really been dealing with some pain with that knee, but him going number 30 overall. If the Chiefs got George Karloftis last year and Jared Verse oh, the yeah. year after that. You would love that. I mean, they could not be happier. I think Verse is a top 15 player. He's going a lot higher than this, but uh, if this ended up happening, to me, steal the draft. A couple guys I want to touch on here. Zay Flowers, Boss College wide receiver. Mm-hmm. This one feels like, I don't know if you do this in your mock drafts, but one pick where you throw in at the end that you know is not going to happen. But you basically just want to say, I like this guy more than maybe the rest of the people. Because he's a 5'10", 172-pound senior wide receiver, going to be a 23-year-old rookie. And he's not like a 5'10", 172, like a Jalen Waddle, 5'10", 172. Now, heck of an athlete. I love Zay Flowers, too. I would love to draft him somewhere in the second round, you know, somewhere like picks 50 to 60. Mm-hmm. I would run in that card. I think he's extremely talented in a role. But he's just not the kind of all-around receiver that you usually see going in the first round. Other one, Isaiah Foskey, defensive end Notre Dame. I don't think he's going in the first round anymore. Yeah. I, I don't think his tape was good enough this past season to warrant that. Really did not take much of a next step. And actually, from a grading perspective, graded out worse this year than he did a year ago and was always kind of a project uh, with his physical tools. So I, I don't – I could see him slipping out. Did he break the Notre Dame record? Uh, for sacks? Yeah, because he was close to it. With Justin Tuck. He was, very, he, was, he was close to it. Like, it was realistic for him to get yeah. it this year. I can't remember if you wanted to look it up or not. But, um, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think Foskey probably slips a little bit. I will say this about Zay Flowers, though. Zay Flowers, just there's not been a lot of talk about him, I think, because we're trying to figure out what what the order of this wide receiver position is going to be. Zay is a guy who can win from the slot, but he can win from the outside as well. He was one of the first players that I saw on the Shrine Bowls acceptance list, and mm-hmm. I went, oh, boy, he's yeah. going to show out at the Shrine Bowl. I think that when we get to All-Star Week, Zay Flower's stock is going to rise just because of the kind of performance that I think that he's going to put on in practice in the game. So I agree with you. I I don't know if he's going to be somebody who makes the back end of the first round, but one of those coveted players when day two starts. You know, when when day one's over with and we're, you know, everybody's watching the PFF draft show and they're like, hey, who are some guys who are still left on the board that you like? I could see us talking about Zay Flowers, if he uh, if he's not selected, which I think is more likely than not. All right, there we go. That is uh, that is Todd McShay's first round. Let us know what you guys' favorite picks was from it. We would love to hear it. Uh, Mike and I are also about to give our players that weren't in the first round mock from McShay that we think could potentially sneak into the first round. Names that we liked that didn't quite make that list. So as you guys let us know what your favorite picks were, Mike, who is a player that was not in McShay's first round? Do you think he's got a good chance to be in his final first-round mock when it's all said and done? It's Nolan Smith, to me, the Georgia edge defender. Like he he was one of the yeah. first evals, final evals I did this year because obviously he tore his peck, I believe, in November uh, against Florida. But, man, 
former number one overall recruit, and you see it on tape again and again. Why? Six foot three, two thirty-five. He's kind of a poor man's Will Anderson in a lot of ways, where he's just a touch shorter, a touch lighter, maybe a touch less explosive, but plays with on. the same. But is a similarly tooled, explosive athlete who plays a lot bigger than the weight would suggest. Like he is strong in the running game. Ninety point oh overall grade, over ninety point oh the last two seasons, and then this year. 19 pressures on 140, 104 pass rushing snaps. And in that Georgia scheme, same things we said with a lot of the guys coming out last year where it's not really – it's run first reads. He's not getting to pin his ears back the way, say, you know, Ohio State uh, edge rushers usually get to do. I, mm-hmm. I think his best football is still in front of him. And I think at that size, he's not just a DPR. He's not just a third down guy. He is an every down defensive end still. Yeah, that's the big question mark. I think that that's the varying degree is a lot of people are going to look at Nolan Smith, and I don't think anybody's going to argue how athletic he is. It's just a, does this guy have enough density to him, really, to be a full-time edge player? But you think he does. And the more we go to quarterbacks who are option threats, so what we broke down on the board yesterday with Jalen Hurts, the more you have to defend the quarterback running game, the more your edges – have to be athletes. They have to be able to track down Jalen Hurts in space. They have to be able to track down Anthony Richardson in space. Nolan Smith did that again and again on tape at Georgia. A lot of these guys we're seeing in this class, guys like Isaiah Foskey that we just said who he has going ahead of him, are not the guys that can track down these quarterbacks in space. They are going to get optioned off of at the next level and could be liabilities when that's the case. Uh, a couple early guys that people are putting in the chat that didn't make the first round, Metis saying Tanner McKee. Uh, Cole is saying Jalen Hyatt. He wasn't in there. Uh, Jason saying Riley Moss. Burning Ham saying Hendon Hooker. Very curious to see what Hendon Hooker's stock is going to be like as we kind of get into this thing, especially with him suffering that ACL injury. Uh, Tony saying Gervin Dexter, who did not make the first round. I'll stick along the defensive line for my first guy. I'm going to go with Siaka Ika. I think Siaki Ike is a guy who who really does have a good shot to go in the first yep. round because he is a unique player. This is a Baylor interior defensive lineman, built like a nose tackle, but moves like a three tech. And I think that that kind of rare combination is something that teams are really going to gravitate towards. Six foot four, three hundred and fifty five pounds. He's got thirteen t- solo stops this year, eighteen total pressures, eighty five point seven pass rush grade this past or sorry uh, a season ago, and then six sacks a season ago as well. So he's got the production. He didn't have as much pass rush production this year as he did last year, but to me that's okay. I think when you pop on the film, you're still seeing a guy that really knows how to get off the ball, um, understands how to counter, loves the swim move, loves the spin move, um, just loves to really get around. And you, you don't see a lot of interior defensive linemen move with the fluidity at his size that he can. And anytime that's the case, NFL loves to cover those bigger guys that can move really well. So I think he's got a shot. Yeah, uniqueness, It's the draft isn't always about you know, who's the best player? Who's going to provide the most value? Sometimes uniqueness plays a role. And the guys who whose skill set can't be replicated often go in the first round because of that. Ika, obviously, at his size, not a lot of dudes replicating what he brings to the table. Speaking of uh, uniquely sized players, what do you think about Darnell Washington being a top 50 guy? Do you think there's any chance? Just case Oh, yeah, I think so. Because he's that big? Yes. I do, too. I think I he too. will end up as a top 50 draft pick. I do, Because... Too. Certain schemes want a guy who can inline block like an offensive tackle and, you know, just do a few things as a receiver. Yeah. He's not going to yeah. get open on his own too much. But at top speed, he, he's— well, he will if you literally just throw the ball up. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like <laughs> at top speed, he can cook a little, and his catch radius is unlike anything I've seen. Like he is a true, true freak in his builds, just pops off the tape. I'm very excited to see what 
his wingspan ends up being because it's going to be it's, it's going to be over seven feet it's out of this world monster monster who you got next who's another guy you can next i'm gonna actually go to tight end and it's the guy i have his tight end two in the tight end rankings they can find on pff.com today it's luke musgrave mm. oregon state tight end he was 27th on bruce feldman's freaks list reportedly ran a four five one with a 36 and a half inch vertical nice. at six foot six 250. nice and if you look at the genesis of elite tight ends elite receiving tight ends in the nfl whether it's Travis Kelsey, whether it's George Kittle, whether it's uh, Darren Waller. Those guys run in the low four fives. They get open and move like wide receivers. That's what it takes to make that kind of impact at the tight end position that's willing to, for me, to draft a guy in the first round. So Luke Musgrave, you flip on the tape, he is the most athletic tight end in the draft class. He just moves like a wide receiver would at that size. Now, undisclosed knee injury after two games. It wasn't an ACL or anything serious that – was keeping him out because it was, you know, every week they'd be like, yeah, has he come back this week? No, he didn't get to come back this week. So only played two games, but in those two games, man, 169 yards, touchdown, 11 catches. He, he's just, he's that guy that is going to look better at the NFL level or has a good chance of looking better at the NFL level than he ever did in college. All right, my next guy I want to go to, I'll go along the defensive line. Waltzman shouting out some of the edge rushers saying it's deep edge rush clash. I'm going to go Will McDonald, the fourth, the edge rusher from Iowa State. Six foot three, 235 pounds, built similarly to that of Nolan Smith, and where I think that Nolan Smith's probably got a better chance to be around one guy. I do like McDonald. I really do. 84.1 pass rush grade, 24 total pressures this year, and six sacks. When they let this dude really pin his ears back and get after the passer, he's got some explosiveness. He's got some speed, and I, and I like that about him. So I feel like the NFL is going to look at this guy and go, like the build, like the line, because he feels like he's a, he's, he's got – longer limbs to him too Mm -hmm. he looks like he's got those long arms that could be very effective in the pass rush he knows how to hit a nasty little swim move to hit with an inside counter I like that he already understands that and so I don't see a ton of Will McDonald love in the first round but he is somebody who I am intrigued about just because of his build and his overall athletic ability and also he played a role at Iowa State that's just beyond not conducive to a skill set he's played five tech yeah he's head up over tackles like and yeah that's Iowa State scheme, but he uh, the I believe he's a Senior Bowl guy. Senior Bowl is huge for him. Mm-hmm. The, what he does one on one there, he could put himself in that first round conversation very easily with the good performance there. My last one, yeah, last one. Who you got? I, I don't believe Tommy Shada off ball linebacker in the first round. Uh, that's a rarity, even if the position is getting devalued. I, I do think Trenton Simpson's the guy, the Clemson linebacker, that based off of traits alone. If you just look back at the first-round linebackers recent years, whether it's guys like Kenneth Murray, whether it's guys like Jamin Davis, and now obviously I'm not naming success stories, but when you are that freaky of an athlete mm-hmm. as an off-ball linebacker, you go in the first round. Someone's going to take that chance. So I do think Trent Simpson, 6'3", 230, runs in the high 4'3s reportedly, and on tape it, it looks like he runs in the high 4'3s. I mean, he is a true smooth, easy mover at that size that – even if he's still work in progress as a true off-ball between the tackles linebacker as he finally started playing more this year, I'll take that bet. I'll take that bet in the first round. Chat completely loved this. They, there was like four or five people who immediately, as I asked the question, who could sneak into the first, he was a guy that five people said almost immediately. Yeah, yeah just athlete, athlete alone. You figure mm-hmm. that he's probably getting in there just because he's going to be one of the more top-tier athletes for the position. Uncle Dusty said Dalton Kincaid, Jalen Jones, and Chase Brown are my dogs from this draft class that will get slept on. Mark it down. Love Dalton Kincaid. Tight end three. Tight end three in the PFF draft. He's... Okay. 
Just old. Just a little old, just a little undersized, but he is good. Nate said, uh, Nathan asked this one. He said, where do you all stand on Josh Downs versus Jalen Hyatt? Two very different receivers. Josh I, Downs, not even close in my opinion. I, I just they're they're so different. Uh, I gotta yes. I gotta sit down and really watch these wide receivers, but it's hard for me to say one or the other because Jalen Hyatt is a pure vertical pure, speed yeah. wide receiver, and Josh Downs is where he p- played a little bit more outside this year. Like he's gonna play in the slot in the NFL. Yes, he's, he's gonna be a quick hit yards after the catch, short area quickness guy. These are two to me totally different skill set yeah. players. So you, you say Josh Downs? I say sounds Josh like Downs. you like Downs. Okay, you like Josh Downs a lot. Uh, the last guy that I want to shout out. Um, Speaking of Tennessee volunteers, Byron Young, the edge rusher from Tennessee. I'm very intrigued by him. I don't know if he ends up making it in the first round, but six foot three, 245 pounds. So he's got the edge rusher build that you like. 31 pressures through the first seven weeks of the season. Now it dropped off a little bit after that, but those first seven weeks were hot. Mike, if, if for anybody out there that doesn't know his backstory, he started playing football. It was three years ago because he saw a flyer for tryouts while he was working at Dollar General at Georgia Military Academy. He goes on to Georgia Military Academy, started one season there, and became the number 10 overall JUCO player in the country. The reason? Dude's an athlete. He's twitched up, man. Mm -hmm. The second that ball gets snapped, he is flying off the line of scrimmage. Now, he doesn't totally know what to do after that. He's still trying to figure it out. He's still a little bit too much of an athlete and not enough of a pass rusher. But we've said it so many times here on this show, so many other shows, you covet athletes. You look at these guys and you say, man, this guy's got this much figured out in just three years of playing the game? Mm-hmm. I can work with that. I think there's going to be a lot of teams that feel like they can work with that. It feels like he's going to be more of a day two guy than a round one guy. But because of how twitchy he is, I wonder if there's a chance that he can sneak in there. So maybe more of a shout-out than an actual call for round one, but uh, I like him. Yeah, he's this year's kind of outlier where it's like, yeah, you could say that he's 25, but he's 25 because he hasn't played football. Right. Like he's, sure. he's, at, he's this age and, and this unique story because he really hasn't played the game. You know, So it's, it's one of those where, yeah, it's hard to say that's really a first-rounder. If I get, you know, you only get one first-round pick. Most teams do. But if you only get one first-round pick, drafting a guy like that who's just a complete wild card uh, of a projection, maybe a little too rich. But I'd love to have this guy somewhere on day two just because he is that freaky and is that you know, unique of a prospect that what he could be is really anybody's guess. Do you know, do you know, do you know Tyler Adams from Butler? Does that name mean anything to you? Because somebody said it in the chat. Aaron said, because oh, we're shouting out players that could go around one, and Aaron said, Tyler Adams from Butler. Dude sucks, but hey, why not? I don't think that's the point of the. I don't think that's the point of what yeah, we're doing. Not. But I guess shout out Tyler Adams. I don't know. I haven't watched. I haven't watched him yet. All right. Uh, appreciate everybody getting in on the chat, letting us know who you uh, who you like from McShay's mock draft, as well as some guys who didn't quite make it. Before we get out of here, let's talk a little bit about some early lines and some locks of the week for week 15 in the NFL. Mike, when you look at this upcoming slate of games, what's some bets that you like? What's the bet that you like the most? I got the Bengals going to the Bucks. Oh, here we go. Under 44. The unders oh, Bengals winning 44 have been nothing? fruitful this year. Oh, wow. 44 nothing. Bengals defense playing at a very high level. But the Bucks defense no slouch themselves. Hmm. So I'm going to go under 44. The PFF Green Line gives this an F. Yeah. Well, they say the overs. Hidden. I, I, I don't know if I agree with that. Model ain't watched no Bucks. Oh, <laughs> Model ain't watched Byron Leftwich dial it up this year. No, they're coming back. They read the tweets. They're going to run play action on every single play. <laughs> okay. 
They're going to run tempo play action to double the multiplier. Mm -hmm. Tom Brady's just going to treat every single drive as if it's 90 seconds or less to cross the end zone. And they're just going to light up the scoreboard and it's going to be then. a big win. I'm they sorry. I'm sorry, would. Quinn. I'm sorry to tell you. I'm sorry to tell you this would happen. All right. Doesn't he, he doesn't even have anything. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> what, I mean, I'm back here shaking my head. I was a little late <laughs> to hit the uh, booth button, but I mean, sure. My, uh, put that on bro throw. My, uh, oh boy. All right. That might be, we might have to have a little bro throw bet at the end of the week. Uh, my lock of the week. The Jacksonville Jaguars are hosting the Dallas Cowboys. Jags are getting four and a half. I like it. They got like the quarterback. PFF, PFF Green Line doesn't like this one either. I don't know what to tell you. Modeling watch Trevor of late. <laughs> Modeling watch Trevor. Those are a couple of locks of the week. Before we get out of here, let's get an answer to question of the day. How many active quarterbacks in the NFL have played in a Super Bowl? Not counting guys that have either played gadget snap. Caught at least every Super Bowl back through. Um, Colin Kaepernick not in the league. Cam Newton not in the league. Mm-hmm. 2012? 2012? Or was that the Kaepernick? No, was Kaepernick was 13. 13 to 14, I think. Um, no, 13 14 was uh, Seahawks, right? Yeah. 13, so I, 12, I, 12, I might be. I might be. Seahawks year, the Harbaugh Bowl, and then Cam, I think, was just boom, boom, boom. Um, I think we got it. No, there, there was the uh, the Seahawks, uh, the the which we'll call it the Malcolm Butler play in that. Twenty fourteen was Malcolm Butler. Twenty thirteen was Seahawks. Broncos. No, no, the Malcolm Butler play was after that. No, fourteen was Malcolm Butler. Fifteen was uh, Cam Newton versus Peyton. Thirteen was Russ versus Peyton. Twelve was Flacco versus Cap. Eleven was Eli versus Brady. Ten was Rogers. Roethlisberger, yeah, Breeze versus. Uh, You're thinking too hard, Peyton. So I think it's eleven. We, right, think, it's we 11. think it's eleven. We're going with eleven. It is in fact eleven. Let's go on the dot. We off. love to see that two of them playing this weekend. Ooh, what do you know? Fantastic. Bam. There we go. Before we get out of here, Walt asked you: Are you doing leg of lamb or turkey for Christmas? You're gonna be sick of turkey by the way. I'm gonna be my parents. Mm -hmm. We were gonna do ham. Or possibly a rib roast, prime rib roast. Mm. I'm trying. I'm pushing more towards the rib roast. Yeah, you got to go with the rib roast. So, Always so. got to go. If it's like something else or ham, you typically are going to push for the other one. I still have about somewhere in the neighborhood of four pounds of the last turkey in my fridge. You're so. freak. And, you're an absolute and then freak. it's over. You're then an the turkey, you're the an turkey run, the run of turkey has commenced. Yeah, until un, yeah, until the next time that we go to Costco. Until well, if they still got turkeys, your boy's going to buy one. Who is the chat champ for today? Do we have a chat champ? Dugan Von Vlack. He was the first person, like fifth guess he got it right the super bowl quarterback so wow we know for a fact he didn't guess oh he didn't look it up and got it right on the money dugan what if what an also dvf great what a name. name phenomenal great name. name chat champ well done dugan way to get it on the dot honorable mention too there was a guy in the chat right when we first started yeah uh, so it was either aaron or andrew that just said he's smashing uh tall boy bud lights because he just got done with his exams for college love it so thank you and congrats I was, awesome. I was i was gonna say as you should it might be a little bit of yeah. uh 
degenerate behavior to do so at 11 a.m. Eastern nope. time. But not if you just finished exams. If you just finished exam, it's the weekend. Crack now. another one open for me, for yeah. us here on the desk. Thank you guys so much for watching. Shout out to Todd McShay. Like I said, if you guys haven't read his mock draft over at ESPN.com, go sign up for his subscription. Go check it out. He's got some great analysis there. Um, we will see you guys tomorrow for trivia. Got Get in the mix. Gotta have it. Get gotta, in the mix. Gotta have it. Yeah. We're going to be more ready than ever. Chat took it last week. You're going down this week. You're absolutely going down. To quote White Goodman, you're going down like a sweet muffin. I'm Trevor Sikma. That's Mike Grenner. For everybody in the production portal, thank you guys so much for watching Issues Football. See you right here tomorrow. See you guys then. It's not about politics. It's about football. This is a simple game. We're going to run the ball. Then we're going to pass the ball. He's just going to play football already. How good of a football player are you? I just get in and try to spin it. That's all. I just love the game. It really is the best time of the year.